0: Welcome to the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Joining me today is the head coach of the Seawolves of Stony Brook, Caroline McCombs. Just finished her sixth year there, and my goodness, what a year it was. 28-3, 14-2, regular season champs, and they had won 22 games at one point. One day away from playing in the championship game to go to the tournament, and then the season ended. It's a story we've heard plenty of times, but uh, a remarkable year cut short for them for sure. She's won 115 games in her six years, already second most in school history. She's got a contract extension yesterday that takes her through 2025 and has just done an unbelievable job. So we'll talk to her about her team, her season, her journey from a player at Youngstown State all the way through to now a head coach at Stony Brook. Uh, Their success has been hard to ignore. And so I look forward to to talking to her a little bit about what all went into it and what all is behind it. So we'll get her on the phone and be right back. This is The Jump Round. And welcome back to the jump around. And joining me, it is the head coach of Stony Brook, Caroline McCombs. Coach, really do appreciate you taking some time for me out of your out of your week. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you about you and your team's incredible year. But uh, greatly appreciate the time taken. Thank you so much. It's exciting to
1: be talking with you today, and you know,
0: looking forward to uh I get into this. So. The, the very beginning, your 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 basketball odyssey begins uh, in your home state of Ohio. You, you grow up, you're playing the game, and, and you go to Youngstown State. Uh, if, if you take me back then, I like to ask this to almost everybody, but you take me back to freshman year, walking on the campus of Youngstown State, and I ask you, hey, what where where's this basketball thing going to take you? What would you have said to me back then? Yeah, you know,
1: basketball has always been a huge part of my life. It was Probably the reason that I chose to go to Youngstown State, obviously with the basketball scholarship. Um, I came in with, you know, five freshmen. We like to call ourselves the Five Fives at that point in time in our lives. And um, you know, I think that it was a really special group. We had a really special team. And um, you know, I, I love basketball, so I would sacrifice a lot um, to be able to compete and play. And um, I just, you know, had big dreams and you know wanted to play. Um, at the highest level that I could, and I think you know we were able to um, achieve success, you know, at Youngstown State.
0: You, I mean, you scored over fifteen hundred points, uh, and then your senior year was kind of the the perfect ending. You you go into the tournament as a twelve seed, you upset Memphis as a five. Uh, take me back to that moment. Uh, you know, that's I think part of the reason we all love March so much is are those games, right? The upsets, the the people we haven't heard of, the surprise teams. Uh, what was it like being on the court for that experience?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it was just amazing, and and you know, I guess even to just go back through a little bit, you know, of our career, my career at Youngstown, and you know, our head coach Ed Greg Rio, you know, he actually passed away last Sunday. He was ninety three wow. years old. Um, and so even my sister the other day said, like, did he ever yell at you? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> he, was a coach, you know, cause he was, you know, he was, he was older. So he was like a fatherly figure, you know, to us all. But, you know, absolutely. <laughs> he was on our tails, you know, all of the time. that was just kind of the approach um, that he had as, as, you know, he would wrap his arm around you, uh, and, and give you a, a quick nudge, you know, a lot of times. But I think the season before I got there, we were, they, the team had won six games. So we came in, you know, our group with, with something to prove. And I think, you know, we continued um, to grow and get better. My sophomore year, um, we actually went to the NCAA tournament, which was the first time in program history that we had done that. And then my junior year, um, we lost in the championship game. So coming back our senior year, um, we were just playing with something to prove. So um, we had three losses that year. Um, we lost our first of this season. We lost in the middle of the season and then obviously we lost our last hmm. game of the season. So when I, you know, think back to um that that season, um, we had been to the NK tournament, so we wanted to do that and more. Yeah. And so because we had been there, we felt like um, you know, we're capable of winning a first round game. Now obviously first things first you have to get to that <laughs> game, but you know, we had such a phenomenal group. We had four one thousand point scores on that team um and so we really knew how to put the ball in the back and i think when you have teams like that that are deadly offensively um anything's possible and so um you know we just competed at at a high level i believe um and you know to to go to the ncaa tournament and then see your name on the screen um and you know we just went in there with, with something to prove we played you know, at NC State, um, you know, in the first round, that, that's where our game was. So, obviously, um, you know, we played, and I played against Kay That was, you know, my last game as a senior. Um, so, that's always, you know, a special memory yeah. in my heart, even just trying to um, tell our players, you know, who K. Yao is, especially um, in the month of February and, and why we're playing and doing the things, um, you know, that we do. So, long mm. answer uh, to your question, <laughs> but... Um, you know, that senior year was, was just magical for myself and our
0: teammates. Now that's, I mean, that's almost a, a picture perfect ending. So that's, uh, that's pretty incredible. You, you end up going, uh, you play overseas and then you come back and you get right back into, to, uh, to basketball by coaching. Uh, was the coaching route, was that something you had intended on getting into?
1: You know, i you come into college and you just try to figure out like what is it that I, <laughs> that's you know, true. I want to do. That's true. I think that's a question that, that we all face and in life, you know, always trying to figure that out. But, um, I chose a major in nutrition in college and just, you know, wanted to be able to do something in, in health or athletics, um, and things that would you know help equip me as I was, you know, an athlete. And so I think as I got close to graduation, um, I started sending out, you know, resumes and a graduate assistant positions. you know, that kind of thing. Um, fortunately, you know, one of my assistant coaches was able to help um, get me an opportunity to play overseas. So when I was overseas and I was in the Czech Republic, I, I lived in Prague, which was great um, because it was a major city, yeah. although social uh, uh, technology wasn't the way that it is today. I believe in 1999 was when I created my first Um, email address anyway, so uh, we didn't, you know, you weren't able to communicate with your friends and family, you know, like we are now, so that was a lot of time for some self-reflection and as communication, you know, was so difficult, um, that was really when I decided I want to be a coach and when I get back to the state, that that is what I want to do and and I was just really fortunate um, to get an opportunity when I got back um, to get into a graduate assistant position right away.
0: Mm. It's... It's cool, too, because, again, you, you know, you play at Youngstown, so you, you get the mid-major level experience, and then uh, you get in and you're coaching at Valpo as an assistant and eventually an associate head coach, and, and you got to help lead that team to very similar levels of success. You made the tournament twice, and so it, it kind of followed your career uh, as a player pretty well at, at the start for you to jump into a program and find success uh, so quickly as an assistant. Uh, that must uh, that must have just even made you burn even uh, even hotter in the game because I mean just when you, when you win and you see you know what can be done there's something special about that.
1: Yeah, and I just I mean, I was really thankful for. Uh, it's always about the people that you need that you come in contact with. So um, how I how I got to Valpo, um really was, was just being at Youngstown State. Um, Dan Peters uh, he was in a, the head coach of our men's Uh, program. And he was best friends with Keith Freeman, the women's coach at Valparaiso at the time. Um, They were both head coaches at Huntington College um, before they were, you know, Division One head coaches. And so um, Valparaiso was a huge rival school Mm. for us. Uh, I actually took the only other school I visited officially um, before I, you know, I ended up committing to Youngstown (laughs) State. But and um, that was like our arch rival. And so going there for my first coaching job was like really, <laughs> to my teammates, because it's like, how are you going to go and and do that? But I had so much respect because it was the toughest team that we played against. So sure. to get hired by, you know, coach Freeman, he obviously wanted to know what we did at Youngstown state. And I obviously wanted to know what they were doing at alpha, why we couldn't score against them, you know, and, and he was such a great head coach and, Dan Peters unfortunately passed away um, a few years ago when he was an assistant coach at Akron, you know, throughout his coaching um, career. uh, He was in Ohio a lot of times. His son Danny Peters is actually on the men's side at Arizona now. So they were a basketball family. Um, So, anyways, uh, you know, and just getting to, to Valparaiso. Um, That was one of our losses, you know, my senior year in college. And, uh, you know, to have an opportunity to go there and learn. um, Keith is, is Freeman is one of the best teachers in the game. Uh, You know, he's just been a a lifelong friend of mine. So uh, just appreciate, you know, him mentoring me, you know, throughout my time at Valpo and you know since
0: then in my career yeah and yeah and he's still he's still doing the thing uh too as an assistant right now and he yeah absolutely um you you end up making the jump after uh a couple years and you take an assistant job at Pitt and then um you get to experience the big time right so what was what was the biggest difference or adjustment or you know fill in whatever adjective you'd like you know jumping from from Valpo to Pitt (laughs)
1: Well, it was, it was a whole other world. Um, just, you know, I, I go to Pitt and, you know, Agnes Baronado's the head coach at the time, and, you know, Coach B, so full of energy, she's bouncing off the walls. Um, and, you know, we just, we had a ton of fun. She had been there uh, with her staff, which consisted of Jeff Williams, who is currently one of our assistant coaches here at Stony Brook, yeah. and also Shea Ralph. Um So getting hired, <laughs> working alongside, you know, that staff, who was, you know, absolutely Phenomenal! Um, I was learning every day, Um, but I guess the biggest thing was like, wow! Like I get to walk into the Peterson Event Center every day. This is our home, and I mean, from a year standpoint, you know, I'm like, holy cow! I didn't know we got so much gear. (laughs) That's the next level. Um, It was like incredible, but um, you know, I learned so much uh, from Coach B. She really helped me understand how to build a program because she was about. The whole, you know, and she had us involved in everything as assistant coaches. So you could be a sponge and, and pick all that up if you wanted to, or you didn't have to. Um, but she she had us involved in, you know, ev- all of the decisions and everything that um, she wanted. You know, no, she was definitely about growing um, her coaching tree and just her coaches um, under her. So um, I my family actually lives in Pittsburgh. I have some in Ohio still, and I have some in. Pennsylvania, mm. but where my parents grew up is about an hour okay. from Pittsburgh, and so that was really when I was at home and they could come to those games. There's nothing like seeing, um, you know, family at your game after the game, and just yeah. uh, the special time for me, um, you know, for that opportunity. I actually had interviewed for the Vision Two head coaching job, and I interviewed for the assistant job at Pitt, and. Um, as I as I did have dreams and ambitions of being a head coach, I was I was really content at that time with um, challenging myself to recruit at a higher level, compete at a higher level, and see what I could learn there.
0: That's very cool. Uh, you, and you then you and the, and it really is cool as you just kind of step back and look at it. From Pitt, you go to Northwestern, and from Northwestern, you go to Auburn, and you just had a chance to work for so many different and unique head coaches and all who are great too um so your next two stops again Northwestern and and Auburn um what what things did you pick up what did you learn um how did you grow in in those two stops that you hadn't previously
1: yeah I mean coach McKeown he has over 700 wins as a head coach so uh, every day you know there was knowledge being dropped on you and um, you know, but for him, every day when, when he came in, how you doing, how's your family? Yep. Um, you know, he's just like a caring, genuine person, making sure, like, you're okay. I mean, that was consistent. And, um, you know, with recruiting, you know, at Northwestern, it was such a high academic school, And just, you know, the one big thing he taught me is just don't fall in love with the player when you see him on the court. Um, you need to get the chance. <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, you know, we, I knew what kind of player uh, I thought, you know, that, that he wanted from his days at George Washington and looking to turn the corner and put their program on the map, which has been so fun and exciting um, to see them do that. And especially, you know, this year, um, a couple years ago, we played out at Northwestern because we had a player from Chicago. So we always do like to take our players back home. Um, where they're from to play in front of their friends and family. So we didn't fare so well that day. Um, Their Blizzard defense got the best of us. Um, But, you know, working for for Coach McEwen, um, he really allows you to grow. He gives you a lot of opportunities. Uh, You know, he doesn't hold you back in any way, whether that's, you know, coaching, he wants you to step out there and, you know, hey, you're in charge of player development this year. Hey, you're in charge of this. You know, give me ideas. What are you thinking, you know? Hey, uh, I want to show this in film today. So I always kept on to toes. You had to be really prepared every day. Um, But that's, I think, what helps you grow and makes you better. Um, He obviously has a great, you know, mind. And so trying to figure out what he was thinking all the time um, really kept me on my toes.
0: (laughs) That's great. Um, we, yeah, we're big, we're big Joe McEwen fans here. So we, 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 I've, I've actually had un, un, unintentionally, we've had several of his former assistants kind of here consecutively. So it's, it funny when, when you came on, I was like another Joe, yeah. D- D- Joe McKeown, of, a disciple. <laughs> so yeah, um, lots of good meals, lots of red wine, all of those <laughs>
1: good things, and really, you know, having worked for him and Agnes, both Philly, New Jersey people, so sure. learned a lot about. Sure. Um, that, those coaches, you know, from that era, there's so many great coaches from uh, there that kind of grew up at the same time, and so you know, it just really taught me a lot of even history of women's basketball.
0: Yeah. Um, from, from both of those right. coaches. Well, you then jump into Auburn, and so now you, you've had a chance to, to coach in some some pretty incredible leagues, and the SEC is is really unique uh, in and of itself. Uh, for the two years you were down there, uh, and it's funny because you know you again. Defense, you, you talk about offense when you're a player, and defense has kind of become the theme through this, and we'll certainly get into that with your Stony Brook team, but you go to Auburn for two years in, in the SEC. Uh, your experience there, your last stop before being a head coach, uh, kind of walk us through uh, those two years.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, going to the SEC and just having known the history of Auburn women's basketball and just, you know, from, from Go Champy to Nell Fortner, and then, you know, Terry Williams, Illinois, just understanding the level um, that you can compete at and in, in the resource that you ha- resources that you have is just, you know, unimaginable. So, um, you know, I knew Terry from playing against her when I was at Pitt or coaching against her, and she was at um, Georgetown. So um, with Sugar Rogers and her crew there, so had a tremendous amount of respect for um, what she was able to do with that program at Georgetown. So obviously – um, presenting me with the opportunity to be the recruiting coordinator in an SEC school um, and getting to learn another part of the country um, was a, a challenge that I was, was really excited about. So I think, you know, I learned a whole different style of defense as, you know, we played Blizzard at uh, Northwestern, right? It's not a zone, it's Blizzard. Um, you know, you go and you work for Terry and it's, you know, a, a one-two-two, full court, three-quarter court, half court. You know, that's who we are. That's what we do. So, um, learning, you know, that system, and I think we always had tough kids that, that played really hard, and just, you know, from recruiting uh, to the Brandy Montgomery's, the Katie Perkins, you know, the, the players that were able to come in there and, you know, really make an impact and, and help turn the corner, you know, of that program. So, it was it was exciting. I love being in the South. Um, you know, definitely different to walk out of your door in December and, you know, have a sweatshirt on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I didn't miss Nicole Lindy-Weather at all, but I, um, you know, loved my time there. I learned so much um, from her. Again, everybody that I worked for had so many different, you know, characteristics that I was able to just kind of take in and figure out who I want to be and, and how I want to lead a program. So, uh, you know, Terry, again, helped me in that and, and working, you know, for, for a strong female.
0: Yeah, Well, and then you do get your program right. You get Stony Brook in in 2014 and you you go back to to some cold weather, uh, but you you get the opportunity to lead. And and I know you talked about it um, as you've gone through your your time there. It just it seemed like a good opportunity. It seemed like a little bit of a step out of your comfort zone Uh, when you when you do take the job those first few weeks. I, I know it's it's your head was probably everywhere. What was that experience like, really? Those those first few weeks or, or month or so, a, as you take that job, what what does your life look like?
1: Wow, holy cow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a big, you know, it's a big whirlwind. I mean, luckily, uh, before I got the job, I was able to go to the Cayman Islands and kiss the stingray, so I knew I had seven <laughs> years. of <Good> luck. Uh, <laughs> as soon as this Corona is over, I need to go back. It's Thing, right? Yes, been please.
0: Please. <laughs> um, and
1: so I'm excited and looking forward to that. But, you know, I think it's compiling a staff and trying to figure figure that out. And I think, you know, one of the challenges that I've had is as a head coach is, you know, you're at a at a place like Stony Brook where it's different than working in the Big Ten, the Big East or the FTC and you're not able to hire um, assistants that are veteran assistants, like I've been working alongside of, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the past so many years of my life. So, as I've tried to grow as a coach, you know, I've tried to grow um, in developing assistant coaches. So, I, there's something that, you know, I really want to continue to do a better job of, but just, you know, finding the right kinds of people um, is so important. Having that short list of people, you know, is so important. You know, the one person that I hired. Um, right away, we had worked together at Northwestern, um, and and he was always in an administrative role. But his name's Adam Paul. He's currently in the system at um, Eastern Michigan. But you know, he's somebody that I think is very well versed in the business and has been around a lot of good head coaches, um, and and gave me great insight. And so I think you know, you're at that point in time, you're leaning on your AD, you're leaning on your SWA, and you are having to make the decisions. Right? I had to make you know all of those decisions. Um, that is so much different
0: than being an assistant coach and offering suggestions about making decisions. right? Right? Um, you talked about, I know after your second year, you talked about something that you learned was, hey, you've got to be willing to adapt and be flexible as a head coach. What specifically when you say that, what specifically if you if you don't mind give, giving an example or so of, of what you mean when you when you learn that?
1: Um, you know, I just think, uh, you know, there's just so many, so many challenges, um, you know, that you that you face, and I think um, you gotta be willing to be to be open to have input from, you know, the people that that are around you. Um, so, uh, you know, you just don't know what you don't know, and so you're you're in you're in those moments and having to make those decisions. So. I guess for me, I'm, I'm typically, I'm a planner type of a person. So, um, I I need some time, you know, to make decisions. I think as you become more comfortable in your role and you've made these decisions before, the quicker you can make decisions, the better. So everybody else can, can move on. Mm. Um, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, it Um, it does. It does.
1: So, you know, uh, so yeah, just uh, every day, you know, there's something new and, and I learn something new every day, but um,
0: you know, I think it's, it's just been a, a building process for us. Yeah. When, and I know this is something I've said, I think we all say it, you say you learn a lot about yourself as, as when you are in those positions of making decisions and things like that. I wonder for you, is there anything that, you know, over your six years that you've either you know, grown in specifically or, or, or something that you changed where you came in one way and and now in this area, you're a different way. Is there anything really specific you can get into that, that, you know, when you, when you talk about learning a lot or growing, I know we, again, we all kind of, we get stuck in saying that and it's true, but I wonder, do you notice any specific ways that you've grown the most or changed the most? Yeah, I, I do think I can kind
1: of pinpoint, you know, one thing that, um, is different, um, that we do here is, uh, we don't actually use the word goals. And I know that's such a common word, especially, you know, in athletics, or in your life, what's your five year what are your goals, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and after, you know, one of our seasons that, that wasn't as successful, I think um, that's where I learned uh, the most. And I learned, you know, what I wanted our standards to be and, and how we were going to get better moving forward. But I had everybody bring in um, their goals. We had individual meetings and we ripped those up. And we started talking about commitments and controllables. And I think just, you know, obviously this isn't just something that I thought of, um, but there, there was a book by um, Joshua Metcalf and Jamie Gilbert, mm-hmm. and they, it's called Burn Your Goals. And so we've really kind of taken on that that philosophy and that mindset, and, and we talk about um, commitments and controllables and what we're doing every day. We talk about the process. We don't talk about... end result everyone comes in and they want to win every game and they want to win a championship and that's that's fine that's going to be there we know that we recognize that but what are we going to do every day what is each person committing to do every day um for themselves and for our team so i think um that word my players know is a square word (laughs) um so they try to you know avoid it if they say it um, they're like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. And they, you know, find another word that, that sounds similar. But, um, uh, you know, we, we talk about dreams. And, um, you know, this year I think, um, you know, and again, that, that takes time to, to transform them into thinking that, to have new players to come and understand, you know, the type of growth mindset sure. um, that we want to have. But but I would say that that happened a few years ago. Um, and it's something that I believe, um, you know, we'll continue to, to, to stick with.
0: That's funny. That's good, and it worked out well. I mean, you you go into this year; it's your sixth season, and my goodness, um, and and. and you guys are steady, right? You, you, when you first take over, you win 17 games your first two years, you win 12 years or 12, your third, which is the dip, but then you go 18, you win 23. I mean, you guys are coming, and then this year, exploding 28 and 3, you won 22 in a row at one point, 14 and 2 in conference, and you win that thing. Uh, it just seemed like everything just kind of clicked this season. Was, was there any indication it was going to be this type of year before it started? I mean, did you? Did you know you guys were going to be, you know, or had a chance to be really, really good? Or was it one of those things that just kind of naturally came along?
1: Yeah, I think every year you have a have a new group and you have to start from scratch. So I thought we had some really good pieces coming back. But at the same time, we graduated two first-team all-conference players. We graduated our point guard. and we graduated a scoring guard. So, you know, I didn't know who was going to replace, you know, those players who were – Program players for us. who broke a ton of records um, in the eighteen, nineteen season. So uh, we were fortunate to bring in a graduate transfer point guard. Um, she wasn't able to come to summer school, and everybody else was at summer school, so she didn't really get to learn our system until the fall. Um, so I, I didn't, and that was just the process of you know you, you're having interviews and people want to know how's the team looking. Well, I don't know, cause I don't know how point guard is looking yet. <laughs> um, but thankfully. Um, you know, KK, our point guard, um, she came in with a huge sense of maturity. Um, she watched a ton of films. Um, she has a great basketball IQ, so she was able to pick things up. And, and she learned our team, which is so important. You know, you want to learn your team as head coach. But, you know, as a point guard, you not, you have to know who wants the ball, when they want the ball, how they want the ball, how to talk to your teammates, you know, all of those things. So um, for, she was the right fit um, for this group. Um, we also had a player um who had a baby the year before. And she was, you know, redshirting and she was able to come back and, and she's a tough, tough kid and, and again, she's graduating now, so she's hard to replace. And those were both our graduate um players, you know, this past season. So I think we had a sense of maturity. Um, we had a sense of we knew the things that don't work, right? And mm-hmm. I think because our players knew that, they they avoided that and they were mature enough to not let those kinds of things creep into our team uh so there's just something to be said about maturity and and how they handled the locker room um i didn't i didn't have those those types of things go on because yeah. it was handled before it ever uh, became a problem so hmm. i have so much appreciation again we have seniors that didn't show up in the stat sheet but handled all of those things um their leadership is uncoachable. Uh, I think it was a part of them coming through our program and understanding this is the standard that we're going to hold our teammates to. And and again, I think we try to grow leaders um, in our program. So we had many conversations about that, but they took ownership. and it easy.
0: Yeah. That's the dream, right? As a coach, when you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff and you can just focus on the team I mean, that's, that's the ideal situation.
1: It, it is. And, and, you know, I think that's, that's what makes it so special as, as a head coach. I did, um, from home at night, and and I knew if there was something going on, that I needed to know. They were going to reach out to me, um, but I also had great trust in them and, and understanding. You know who we are, who we need to be, and um, when I have you know one of my seniors knocking on another player's door, like just checking on her all the time, and they tell me these stories, and it's like, man, you just you just think like wow, like yeah. they did it, yep. and that's how much they cared about each other. Like I have a kid that doesn't play a lot right, is one of my artist workers, she's knocking on a starter's door to say, like, hey, you, you, you get in here, you know what we're doing, or we need you to do this tomorrow. Yeah. Um. And so, there's just so much value in that. I, I tell my players, it's not about your points, it's not about your stats, um, it's not about what you do, it's about who you are, and uh, just trying to build those
0: next leaders for our program right now. Yeah, that's that's awesome stuff. Uh, you you guys do get on that insane winning streak. Um, you're just really kind of cruising right along. Defensively, you guys are, are phenomenal. Uh, and then you, you hit a little bit of a speed bump there in the middle of the year. Uh, you lose to Maine, who's obviously uh, an incredible program as well. You lose to them in overtime. And then you drop that one to Hartford. And I know that that's one you, you wish you could get back after having – so many wins in a row, and then you lose two in a row. Uh, I, I'm just curious of how your team was able to handle that. Was it one of those things where they took it in stride and just you know fixed it? Because obviously you guys went on to, to win the rest of your games, but or just what was it? If you if you don't mind taking me inside the locker room a little bit after you you lose two in a row.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think um, you know we won at Vermont, and that sealed the conference championship. So you know you want to go back to that locker room and. You know, we're celebrating. We're enjoying the win. You know, we didn't focus on it. I think they they knew that our mission was bigger than that. I mean, that was just something that we had to do to secure home court advantage. So it's like, man, I want to. You want to enjoy those moments and celebrate them, but it's like, okay, we have to. There's more to yep. do this. And yep. so we didn't go home from that game because of the travel schedule. Mm. So we had to stay in Maine for a couple of days. You know, which which was fine and. You know, Maine's a really good team. They had a great environment. We got down by double digits and we came back and fought and, and lost in overtime. And, and really, we make a couple of free throws. You know, we can win that game. Um, I thought, like, I loved our fight to come back in that game. Mm-hmm. And, and I was excited to have an opportunity to potentially play them again, right, in a championship game. Yep. Um, you know, uh, the next game we have is. We don't have a huge turnaround between that long road trip coming home and our leading scorer sprains her ankle the day before Hartford and we're going to her house that night or her family's house that night for dinner. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And, and so, you know, she's on crutches and, you know, just, just tweaks an ankle. You don't know how, how bad it is, how good it is, but it's like, well, we're, you can't fight her for the game, right? She's out for the game. So. Um, You know, Hartford, their last game, their season is over. Um, Morgan had them playing out of their mind. You know, they have nothing to lose. This is it. They haven't won a game all year. So it's definitely a game you don't want to go and lose. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, You know, we, 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 but after that loss, it was the first time we were able to have some really good conversations. And as they were hard conversations, They were needed. It kept us, got our edge back. Um, And and we were going to have to figure out how to win um, without India playing Um, because, you know, we're coming in, it's senior night, we're coming back home, and and we have Albany, um, you know, in our last regular season game, and, you know, we're like, India's still not ready to play. So I think um, we had a very strong bench this year. I think we talked about our depth all season long, and people being able to step up. So we needed our other post players, um, to step up. And so, uh, fortunately, you know, we were able to do that in our first, um, matchup against Albany. to just finished strong on senior night.
0: Yeah, no. And that's great because yeah, it, it, it goes one way or the other. Right. And and you guys certainly respond to the right way. And, uh, you make a run, uh, in, into the tournament. And then like you had kind of said, you hoped you got another shot at Maine and, and you did uh, or you were and you guys were going to meet for the for the championship and a chance for you guys to obviously go to the NCAA tournament, something the program hasn't done yet. And and then the news comes down. Um, obviously, everyone's sad and we all know that in the context of the world, basketball is not that important. But uh, for your team, uh, as you guys got the news, uh, you know, what kind of how, how did how did you guys get the news and, and how how are the next few hours after that?
1: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, again, just, just kind of rewinding a little bit. I mean, our 1st snow non-game against Albany, that's our a rival game for us. We were down about 15 points. Um, we, we actually never fled. We tied the game with 29 seconds to go, to get the game to go into overtime. So we were hanging on a string mm. <laughs> right there. And I, I love the will of our team to, to not give up. And then, you know, we got to see, you can get back for that Binghamton game. Um, so, you know, Maine is, you know, one of the best teams that offensively in our league. And so we were um, at practice. Um, we had gone over the scouting report. Um, we were, you know, I think one of my coaches was with our scout team um, going over all their plays. We were kind of in a little shooting series and my AD comes over. So you know, he's like waving to me <laughs> on <from> the <laughs> tunnel. Um, so I jog over there and um, you know, that this was, you know, after earlier in the morning, um, we had just talked about not playing in front of fans. Like, our band can't be there. They're going to let a few people into the game. Um, so just, obviously, you're wrapping your arms around that. We were going to talk to the team after practice about what that looked like. Sure. Um, and so he, he calls me over, and he says he just gets off the phone, um, and it's done. No, so we're not playing. Again, this was Thursday. The championship game was Friday. So we're uh, the Whipple. We circled the team up. And, and I really let Sean, you know, do that talking because he was a lot more versed in, in what was going on than I even had known about, you know, at that time. So there were, there were a lot of tears shed. There were a lot of parts broken. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked. I, I had him shower. Um, we, we took him out to one of their favorite, um, you know, restaurants that we like to go to as a team. And I just wanted to be with the team and enjoy their company because it's such a special group. And if our season was going to be over, I wanted them to still be together and us to be together. So um, that's kind of how we wrapped up um, that day. And, you know, so from there, uh, I think things just, just kind of kept on being addressed, um, you know, with the NCAA and the spring sports. Um, and so on and so forth but you know we just tried to enjoy our time that we had left together
0: we obviously all of us feel bad for the players especially uh seniors uh who and, and i've i've talked about this too and i say i i feel bad for everyone of course but like I, f- I do feel bad, truly, for programs like yours who have, you know, have never gotten there. It's it's not a program that just goes there every year. So it's not something where it's like, oh, we'll get back. Like, it's, you guys climbed the mountain to kind of get to the doorstep and lost it. So I'm just curious for you, and I know you and I have known each other for 35 minutes in our lives, but how did how did you handle it? Like, I mean, really, like, truthfully, how, I, and again, I know you're, you're thinking about your kids, because that's what you do as a coach. You think about your kids, you worry about your kids. But but for you, as a head coach, you you got your team with the opportunity to get to the tournament, I mean, how did you handle it?
1: Um, honestly, I just—it's a part of the process. Like, I feel like we have unfinished business, business here at Tony Brook, and I, um, you know, our team—it was such a special year. Like, I don't—you never want to end this type of season with this type of group. Um, so, for us to not be able to cut the nets down and, and really celebrate. Um, thanks. <laughs> um, you just want to enjoy all of those moments and, and to be at home, you know, for that opportunity, um, you know, to not be able to, to see them spend time with them for so our seniors. Um, you know, you just want to give them a hug, right? You yep. win or lose that last game. Yep. You just want to have, have given it your all, like you put it all out on the table and I'm proud of them. You know, no matter what, because the lessons that we learned this year are life lessons. And so, um, you know, we again, we read a book every year. It's called Pound the Stone. And, and I guess I told our team afterwards that, you know, we've read this book for the past three years. And again, it's another Joshua Metcalf book that, that we love. And, um, you know, just to tell the ending of the story, you know, you never, you don't know if, they win the championship game, and I just had, like... uh, And the first year that we read it, our team was so mad. They're like, well, we don't... I don't like the ending, because we don't know. And I said, exactly. Like, that's what it's about. It's not about the wins or the losses. It's about who we become and all the things that we go through in the process. So I just feel like it's... Honestly, it's just who we are. Like, it's just so fitting that we didn't end the season. We don't know if we won or lost that last game, it's not over. And those are the lessons that we're trying to teach them and it's just really applicable yeah. to our lives and the things that we're going through right now. And you know, like, oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um and so that's just really, you know, how I how I see it. So, you know, how we move forward, I think, you know, we everyone's still trying to figure that out. Um you know, and, and again, you know, you just don't want to seem selfish and say, oh, I didn't I didn't get to hang a banner, I didn't get to get the championship, but um, whatever we're doing, I want to do the right things, I want to grow young women here yep. and teach them life lessons, and so we'll continue to focus on that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. I appreciate you you being uh, transparent with that. Uh, I know uh, there's a lot there, so I certainly appreciate that. Um, last thing, I'll get you out of here on this, and and you you kind of segue into it for me, um, for you, for Stony Brook, for uh, your program. I and mean, you you've been there six years. Like it is now, it is your program. And uh, if you had a chance to to kind of speak about your school, about your program. You know what is it that you know? Why would why would why should someone care about the Sea Wolves? Why should someone want to be a part of that program? What is it about what you guys have going on that that makes you unique? What makes you special? Like what's and you can so you can kind of take this and make your sales pitch. But I'm just curious about you know if if given that chance to just speak about what you guys have going on, what what would that message be?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's just about the people that we have in the program. Like we really want to grow young women and I think, you know, our avenue is through the game of basketball. Um, we do a lot of other things besides just player development on the sport. We want to develop the whole person. So I think, um, and that's who we are. We have a culture that is created from within. Our players take ownership of that. They want to bring in, you know, their sisters, right? The right kinds of people um to be teammates with. And these are the things that, that we've talked about and and built them up. Um You know, we want to grow them. So I think, you know, being in Long Island, New York, in New York, I think it's a great opportunity. There's so many, you know, amazing things here in New York. Um, You know, we're outside of the city. It's a great college campus. Uh, My athletic director, he was hired in in 2014. I was the first person that he hired. So, you know, from a support staff, you know, we have all the things um, for our players to, you know, enjoy. Um, being here and, and I hope that they they do that. Um, and and so but I think you know we're about building young women, growing young women, um, empowering young women. Um, and, and I hope that I'm able to continue to invest in them and and help them for the rest of their lives, you know not just for their four years. Um, that they play for me at Stony Brook.
0: Yeah. And I'd be remiss uh, without congratulating you on uh, one day before you came on. You get the extension. So, extended through 2025. <laughs> so, congratulations to you. Well deserved.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. And, and just excited. Like I said before, we have some, some unfinished business to do. And, you know, we're looking forward to the challenges that lie ahead.
0: Yeah, well, you've done an incredible job, 115 wins over your, your tenure there. Again, 28-3 this year, uh, winners of, of your conference and, and well on the way to the tournament. But I'm excited to see you guys uh, continue to build in the future and, and take care of that unfinished business. But uh, I really enjoyed getting to speak with you. And, and thanks so much for, for sharing a little bit about you and your program with me, Coach.
1: Thank you for having me on today. I'm excited to get to know you and, uh, you know, discuss some
0: things about our program as well. Well, thanks again to Caroline McCombs, head coach at Stony Brook. I really am looking forward to seeing what they can do in the future and, uh, and certainly wish them well. Thank you for listening to the Jump Around wherever you listen, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, wherever. It's appreciated. If you can rate and review wherever you listen, that's appreciated. Uh, you can find me on Twitter always at Blake Dudonis. And until next time, this is the Jump Round.